ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the VR1 NFT podcast. I'm your host, VR1. This is what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to cut that music off because I don't have uh, fair use. I'm actually mobile right now. I'm going to a very important business meeting. And I wanted to share some insights with you guys as I travel there. Um, this is a very important meeting. A lot of hopes built up around this meeting. I couldn't really sleep yesterday. I had to shave last minute. I have a ingrown hair that I've been battling for some time. And normally I pull those hairs out and then I shave. But I was basically unable to. Oh, man, I forgot I could have went the other way. And um, <clears throat> long story short, I winded up shaving as an emergency. And I knew I was going to have discomfort, but oh, my Jesus Christ, I couldn't sleep. I could, I was tossing and turning. And I was trying this. I was trying that. Oh, man, it was bad. Mm. Love water. I constitute drinking lots and lots and lots and lots of water breakfast for me, well actually a snack because I had breakfast, I just remembered, will be a banana and some water. Mm. Oh man. So for today, I have a business meeting, but I want to talk about something. Mental health is, is health. You know, and sometimes in our society, it's a taboo. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to face the big, ugly monster in the subconscious mirror. We're going to attack the subconscious. I already feel squirmish even um, thinking about it, right? Even like, you know, uh, I guess contemplating, discussing it. But it's important, you know, it's something that we need to tackle, it's something we need to face. Mm. Yo, this water is at the perfect temperature. When I mean at the perfect temperature, I mean it's at the perfect temperature. So, long story short, I used to be a part of a mental health forum. And, you know, I did it throughout the college years, I did it for personal. And I did it just to help people, you know. I eventually had patients online and um, for about two years, almost three years, <clears throat> I was, you know, advising people and mentoring them on a emotional health scale, you know. Eventually, the site got really popular and it got really politicized, you know. And... Um, no, it's not the woke movement, but kind of a little, little, tiny, tiny bit. And, um, you know, long story short, like, I, I I, tried to fight it at first. You know, I tried to swim against the current, but ultimately, no matter who I reached out to, like the higher-ups, there was no freedom of speech there. You weren't able to speak about certain topics. It was very taboo. And basically, you know what they do. They, they shut down your account and shut down your access to your patients, etc. So over the years, I think after the first year, kind of the battles began, the challenges and stuff like that. And um, eventually, I just started limiting my access and even that became a threat to them because I have a following. You know, eventually I was able to tell my patients, you know, that I'm a entrepreneur and I'm a, you know, I'm a businessman and I have a music career. And a lot of them connected with me, you know, a lot of them connected with me on a, on a grand scale, you know? Well, with time, that kind of fell apart and I began this uh, study on social media, you know. One of my, my mentors began the, uh, 
the request of, of, you know, saying to all the mentees, like, yo, you guys need to learn social media. You guys need to learn this. So at the time, you know, COVID-19 had kind of just hit and we didn't understand the landscape of, of the new business uh, terrain, you know, how it was going to be eventually. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just basically, you know, continued to like power through, you know what I mean? And um, at the end of the day, all I could do was, you know, continue to learn and adjust, right? Well, I realized that in social media, from a computer standpoint, we know it's input-output. You know, I just made that that summary recently, right? Well, I was trying to figure out a way to speak this new social media language and connect with my fan base, right? Connect with my audience, my fans, my listeners, etc. Some people listen to my podcast for business, psychology, or just a variety of things in life, you know? But psychology is really my stronghold, right? I talk about everything, sports, cars, technology, you know, real estate, whatever. But um, some people connect with me because of my music career. Some people connect with me because of my acting career. You know, some people connect with me just because I'm Hispanic or because I'm in a certain age group. You never know. Every person is different, right? Every head is a universe. So when we post something or when we upload some type of content, all we're really doing is turning on a light bulb. It's output, you know, and we're seeking that input. The input is the valuable gold, right? The response, what do people say? Are they sharing it, liking it, whatever? Because that is the system that they've incorporated. By you hitting like, uh, subscribe, and share, it's like you're casting a vote. It's not like an election where you got to wait two to four years. You know, this is something you could do every day, every single time. As a matter of fact, look at this driver, Bobby, with all this anime stickers on their car. That's fucking cool shit. I don't know. I'm into shit like that. That's some shit that you only see in Japan or in Europe, but it fucking rocks when I see it in the United States. So, long story short, as I'm learning how to communicate, right, this new, I guess, technology language, you know, and again, I hate the fucking fact that Zuckerberg has used the term metaverse. Like he literally raised uh, the people from Facebook onto phase two, which is the fucking plantation, right? This fucking incubation farm of people. You're introducing them to the metaverse. Like this is some next level shit, right? So, and I hate the fact that he used that name because that was reserved for, like, computer people like myself, right? So, long story short, um, it is what it is, right? So, eventually, I find that in learning, one of the apps that I use the most for my, for my music, which is BandLab. BandLab is not only uh, music creation. It's also a social platform. And it's limited, but it's not limited in the sense that it doesn't use other social media for it to function, right? So, basically, you can link it up to an Instagram or Facebook, etc. So, I had this idea of connecting with my fan base, right? With my fans, my listeners, my audience, my inspiration, which you guys are my inspiration every day. Not only was I basically um, thinking about it, like, you know, this is how I'm going to write to my people. I thought about this forum where I was so limited and I had dedicated almost three years of my life absolutely for free, expecting nothing in return. You know, I just reached out and slowly but surely connected and um you know the rest is history like and 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 it was destroyed that whole project was destroyed well with my music is a little bit different because my music lives for an eternity so with that being said 
I have the platform to connect with my people. Mind you, I'm already three times past the basic uh, breakdown of like a, a new artist. A new artist typically will have about 200 followers, you know? I'm at 600 plus. It doesn't sound like a lot, but we're also gonna discuss that. So, long story short, yesterday, I couldn't sleep. Normally what I would do is, I would log on to the mental health forum and I would start, you know, coaching people and advising them on whatever was going on in their life. And long story short, by me doing so, I'm also obtaining therapy myself because I'm getting to express myself. I'm reliving situations in my life. And in education, they say that the teacher always gets the best lesson because I get to sharpen up my mental swords, you know, all my mental uh, battle gear, right? Just kind of going through these things, right? Well, long story short, I basically power through, push forward, you know, and I start writing this article I get 250 characters, right? Even in my podcast, when I when I can fill out the description, I have almost 4,000 characters that I can write. So almost four times four. So almost 16 times more space for me to write what the entire uh, podcast will be about for that day. And I just keep it simple. You know, the majority of my listeners are people traveling, from Europe internationally all across the world. As an artist, I'm a European artist more than anything else. You know, even though I tour the Caribbean and Canada and Russia and, and Asia, the United States is definitely not my market. Not a market that I'm interested in. Um, and I just, I don't know, maybe in the future, you know, maybe big venues, but not small venues anymore. I think that the music market it, it has moved on you know um, even things like Broadway you know uh, theater and things like that those things have moved on not only because of COVID-19 and of course there will never be a place like New York City but um, just in general you know people are more drawn to live entertainment in my own personal opinion, again, I could be wrong. Let me get out of the way of this massive, high-mass vehicle here. So, basically, um, I found a way to connect with my audience in a different platform that's not a direct website just for that, but I'm still able to share my own mental psychosis, you know, the things that run through my mind, you know, the things that affect me on a daily, you know, things either empower you or they take away, you know, it's either input or output, you know, to keep it at a most basic level, zeros and ones, it's either on or off, you know. So, the second layer becomes formatting. And what I'm building, what this pet project has been for the last five years, is simply learning how to convey my message to my listeners. Learning how to connect with this ever-changing market because COVID-19 was just a little push. I think that the world has moved on, you know? I'm not gonna go too much into COVID-19 because I do not wanna get demonetized, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't want the, you know, people complaining about stuff like that. I'm not here to give you any type of medical advice, what you should do with your own body, et cetera, et cetera. So, I was able to discuss many major key factors in my life, such as the fact that 
with my music career. This year, all my music is going digital, right? All my music is available online. This is going to take months, by the way, because I have a huge catalog. And by having such a huge catalog, um, you know, it takes time to get the approval from my DSPs. Why are these people driving like this? I have no idea. Um, it takes time to get approval from the what is essentially a DSP, but they are in a sense a digital record label. Um, on average, every song takes about 10 days to make sure that everything is on point and righteous and um, the rest is history. So I'm in the process of doing that. Also, again, if, if I can make double what minimum wage is, you know, people are pushing for a $15 minimum wage, right? If I can make $30 an hour full-time with my music, I'll be the happiest man alive. And simply put, because... I am a more seasoned veteran, quoting myself from yesterday. You know, my priorities in life are different. The dream of music is completely different. You know, I'm an independent artist underground. I own my own record label. I control the destiny of my music. I control my content. I control everything that I do I am a very free spirit. I don't like feeling constrained. I don't like partnerships that are abusive or controlling. And by the grace of God, I know the difference between a good business partner and a horrible business partner because I've had them all. So long story short, at the end of the day, you know, my mentality and my focus is on growth in all aspects of my life. So if my music goes from making $100,000 to half a million dollars or a million dollars, it will be a great celebration for me. Papi, daddy, you're blocking that mirror for me. You can't do that. That's a hazard on the road. Okay? You can recline your seat back, Jonathan and cover your hands with the thing. Wait, what? Push your seat all the way back and recover, yeah, and, and hold it and, and cover the thing. So, long story short, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Here, Bobby, put this on, this might help you a little bit. What? Put that on so it can help you a little bit. So you can just cover the sides. Make like a movie thing. No, put it on and cover your hands. Hold it to your hands. So I make like a movie theater, yeah. Like this? Yeah, but hold the phone in front of your hands. Like make a movie theater. You don't understand what I'm saying? Like this, Jonathan. Hold the phone right there. That's going to block you. Boom, boom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to help somehow. So anyway, <clears throat> you know, long story short, It doesn't take a multi-platinum plaque for me, even a gold plaque, a Grammy, or any type of recognition from the industry for me to be content and satisfied in my personal life and in my career. So I spoke about that, you know? If the average person in the United States makes, you know, 50, 60,000, and I make 120 with my music, I'll be happy. I also thought about bundling because there's a concept recently brought up to me, like if you buy one of my leather jackets, it comes with an album and two mixtape minis, a CD and an NFT. If you buy a sweater or a shirt 
from my clothing line. It comes bundled as well. If you buy a t-shirt, if you buy a pair of jeans, it doesn't matter. Whatever you purchase will be below $500. And I'm talking about big ticket items like leathers and, you know, furs and stuff like that. But when it comes to, like, any sweater that I have, like, the sneakers are below $150. Um, the sweaters are, I think, below $80. The regular shirts are below $60. Bucks. You know, regular designer shirts, $40. And then day-to-day shirts, $25. Bucks. Even when they go on sale, they'll be, like, $19.99. You get what I'm trying to say? You're getting the music, you're getting the merchandise, you're getting the apparel, you're getting the CD, you're getting the four-page booklet with the artwork, the shrink wrap, the barcode, everything. Also, each one has its own unique NFT. So I'm already thinking forward because this is all stemming from decisions that I have made. For example, before I joined BandLab, I was in the process of destroying music catalogs like if I found a producer that I like I did their entire catalog of my music and I was amassing this huge collection right from my music catalog then I thought about building a a website NFT based where every artist could challenge my catalog I'm still working on that but other companies kind of took some elements from that so I said okay this is not something I'm going to be presenting in full detail to any venture capitalist because I'm noticing, you know, that people are very quick to try to clone your idea. But it's okay because I own a technology company, so the way that I could do it is completely different. So I thought about an endorsement deal with the big five major clothing um, uh, outlets, right, or brands. And then I said, you know what? If I create my own brand, I can control the pricing and the price point. My music will always be underground, will always be independent because I come from that underground era. What does that mean? Underground means when a record comes out and it's hot, an underground artist does their version of that record and that's how they show their worth in comparison to the big artists at that moment. So as time passes, they may not have a record deal. They may not have a worldwide tour, but they may have so many performances locally that people live to their music. They buy the mixtapes, they buy the independent albums, and they go through their regular day-to-day life. And for example, if I live in the Caribbean and I have family visiting from the United States and they hear a certain instrumental track from a major artist, Oh, is that such and such? Oh, no, no, no. That's this local artist, such and such. Oh, let me show you the performance. Oh, let me show you I went to the concert. Oh, they're performing live. Let's go see them at this club or whatever. As the years pass, those people eventually progress. The videos get better. The production gets better. Eventually, they have their own production, but they still maintain the connection with the underground. They still do underground records. So... At, at heart, in my heart of hearts, I always looked up to those artists. They were the ultimate underdogs. And because of that, that's what I aspired to be. It was about competing from AAA to the major leagues in baseball, right? It's about NCAA Even in football, notice how many high-scoring games you have in college versus a regular NFL game. It's the same thing in NCAA basketball. It's more about the breeding ground, creatively and artistically, to where as an artist or an athlete, by comparison, you're just waiting for that opportunity. If it was automotive or or even in technology, Florida just announced that they're going to put all this money into manufacturing their own chips here so that's a power move that's going to be great for my technology company but we'll do another podcast about that because i need a processor right now for my for one of my prototypes which is called the j phoenix but that's for another podcast so long story short 
they're just waiting for the opportunity to compete with an Intel, NVIDIA, and, and you know, Sun Microsystems, etc. right? So in the NCAA, it's similar to the guys at the Rucker and, and all the traveling local basketball leagues, like a skip to Malou, that have the fucking talent, that just need the opportunity, maybe never had the chance, right? And that's what motivates and drives the development of their talent. So back to myself as an artist, I'm always going to be underground. That was my dream, and God gave it to me. So I'm very happy with that, very humbled, very grateful, right? Well, now that I'm going digital through NFT technology, plus streaming, etc., etc., which is new to me, but I think I get a kick out of it. It's like the coolest shit in the world to me. Um, now I have a chance to compete. And I know that you can buy number ones. I know that uh, you can... Uh, you can you can buy features and you can buy records and you can do this and you can do that. I understand that, you know? I don't, I don't take away from any of those things. But still, whatever I'm able to amass on my own and a little bit of grace from God, just a little bit of that magic sauce, I'm good. Because for every fucking 100,000 streams or, or downloads from me, it's going platinum 20 times. Because I own my own company. I own my record label. I own my publisher, my copyrights, my royalties. I own all that shit. So I'm going to take the time to finalize all of my agreements to have everything ready before I even sign the deal with United Masters and I have somebody that uh, is from the Ludacris camp that started their own uh, actually I got two people from that camp but one guy is a really really good guy and um, you know he, he, he teaches you a lot about building wealth in the music industry and whatnot. And I'm going to secure all my IRCs and SRCs codes for every record, make sure I own every copyright, every everything, before I release one record. Now, the magic of it all is that once I get a few albums out, I'm going to crank up the temperature. And if it's to the point where I have to produce my own records, guess what? I already made that decision. Now granted, by having to produce, record engineer, and be the artist and write and everything else, which I don't write, but I will now for these releases, because these are gonna be laser focused records, um, it's gonna take more time creatively for me, but that's okay. That's just a new challenge. It's a new frontier. And I love the fact that we don't have to talk about it. You understand me? Now we could just make music, release it, and let the fans decide. Remember, God willing, God first, I gain new fan base, right? The percentage might not be as high as another major artist, granted, but it's okay. I just need a percentage of that fan base to rock and roll with me, and that's it. Remember, for me, this is one more business venture, one more revenue stream, and I'm going to join the elite of independent artists that are doing their music. So in my post, I'm breaking it down. Like, I may have a song where I'm talking about a Conan Seg or a Rymac or a Pagani, but in real life, I want my fans to know the difference between the artist and the father, the husband, the son, the brother, the mentor, the friend, the artist, right? The creative person. In real life, 
I will probably drive a Corvette base model and it won't be new. As a daily driver, I'll probably drive a Toyota or a Honda. You're never gonna see me with jewelry, maybe fake jewelry, and I'll let you know that it's fake. Um, you'll never see me with designer clothes unless it's my own. Uh, none of those controversial things that a lot of young, insecure artists and even older insecure artists have to do apply to me. Because at the end of the day, I'm a man of faith, a man of God, right? A man of my family, my children, my marriage, my parents, my brothers, my sisters, my peers, my loved ones. All the love in the world that I'll ever need, I have. All of my fans are extra. That's like a bonus for me, you know? And that's all that I could ask for. That somebody's able to hear my music. Whether they pay or not. All the underground records will still be online. You can still enjoy them. You can still burn your own little mixtapes. They're for promotional use only. And by donation only, so they're not even for sale. You know? But I'm going to have a little bit of everything. And create my own lane for independent music. Have my own fan base. Do my own numbers. Maybe first year, I'll do a few million records. That's my goal for this year. I want to do two or three million records this year. And next year, we'll see. But those first two or three years, those are the most crucial and the most critical. You figure that the career of an artist right now is three to four years. So that first year sets the tone for that second year. And then you got to diversify movies, you know, or I don't know, whatever else, uh, you know, calls your your attention so there are no phones connected connect the phone and try again forgot how to change this thing right here I'm trying to program this stuff So, long story short, even right now in my commute, I always make time to record my podcast because why not? (laughs) It's another revenue stream. It's another way to connect. It's another way to reach out and input to my audience, right? then I can hear their output or their input towards me. So in this process, I'm having the time of my life because I'm learning. Everything is coming together. Now also, moving on to the psychological series, which is where we started, but I just wanted to share with you guys what I did by writing on my own platform with the same amount of love, caring, support, you know, artistic expression, but now through my words. Like when I post something on, on on LinkedIn, you know, most of the time it's gonna be something written. But um I'm constantly learning how to develop those things. Also TikTok. I recently thought about getting back on TikTok, but the reason why I'm sharing this is because I'm mentally preparing myself for what is to come, consciously and subconsciously. Subconsciously because I see everything coming together. You know, something like driving Lyft Uber, right? I want to talk to you guys about that because for me, that's an easy $100,000. 
that I can invest. I don't need but a percentage of that to live on. Even if I used 40% to live on and have for savings, I have $60,000 I can invest. That's over $1,000 a week for the rest of the year. From now, 2022 to 2023. Real estate, cryptocurrency, My original dream was to buy an all-electric vehicle so that I could qualify for the super ultra-high luxury rides for both uh, services. There's also a service called Turo. I could drive Lyft, I could drive Uber, and I could rent out the vehicle. So three main sources of income. One is the most complicated one, which is, of course, the situation with um, with Turo. But regardless of the fact, regardless of the fact, three revenue streams. Plus, I could do my podcast as I'm commuting. We all commute in the morning and in the evening at the end of the day. That's one podcast in each direction. Now, I still cut hair. Don't think I won't get a job at McDonald's. Don't think I won't work overnight, you know, at a warehouse, like an Amazon warehouse. Don't think that I won't work my days off in one of my other business ventures. The key to my success and what I believe to be the true success is when you have multiple revenue streams coming in where where when one business slows down, the other one picks up. So if Lyft slows down, Uber picks up. If Uber picks up, Lyft picks up, that's a win. If Uber slows down and Lyft picks up, that's another win. If Uber slows down, and Lyft slows down while Turo might pick up the difference. You understand me? Maybe cutting hair could be the advantage. Maybe that leads to a small business. Maybe the small business leads to some real estate. Maybe the real estate leads to some rental properties. Maybe that leads to a car dealership and the car dealership leads to a restaurant. The restaurant has food trucks and the food trucks do catering. These are just basic examples of things that we all understand. Maybe a barbershop leads to a salon. Maybe a salon leads to a a spa. All of these things, all of these things come together in their own unique way. The same way that I can do music and I can record my podcast, the same way I write poetry and songs and music, I can write movies. I could design video games. Same way I could design apparel. I could design automotive, you know, things in my technology company. I don't know exactly which is going to be the goose that lays the golden egg. But I see it all coming together. For example, I've been on the market with my wife. We've been looking for real estate for years now, you know. We were into real estate, you know, we lost a lot in real estate, and slowly but surely just waited patiently, and the opportunity is beginning to present itself once again. Now, little by little, everything is starting to come together. So now, with this newfound hope and potential, including a wonderful opportunity that has been bestowed upon us, which is why I'm even going to this business meeting to, you know, take over this business. And why this business has so much potential to help in everything that I'm doing. I am starting to see the positivity infect every aspect of my life. From the podcast, the podcast is on fire right now. And I'll give you guys an example. When we're talking about building from the bottom, 
one of the greatest things is that I get to share this with you guys, right? You guys get to see this as it's happening. You see, my podcast has less than 50 episodes. The first milestone is 50 episodes. You know why? Because after 50 listens, you unlock sponsorships. And the sponsorships are going to put you across more digital platforms. Because what would be the point of endorsing me if they're not going to have a say in, yo, you need to push this podcast to this audience? So now there's two ways to do it. Maybe you have the perfect podcast, right? And it gets 100 listens. Great. Well, for some people like myself, we got to start at the bottom, which is where I am. And the thing about me is that I'm happy to be here because I know that I'm building. So this is a process. I know it's not an event. It's not going to be overnight thing, right? Remember, I've been working on my radio show for about five years, almost five years. And I started with a MacBook Pro and uh, a glass of, of, of Moscato. So long story short, I think I had some jazz music in the background. Um, long story short... All it told me was the cheat code, meaning how can I do it? Well, if I create 50 episodes and I get one or two listens, that's my goal, first milestone. Most people would have felt discouraged. Most people would have stopped or quit. Or most people would have been spending all their time trying to promote the same goddamn podcast, the same topic. No, I move on every day. A few versions a day. You know why? Because the law of averages, the numbers will always be to my advantage. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it ain't going to take forever. And understanding that concept is also why I'm excited to enter the digital realm with music. You're going to listen to my music. I don't care if you're in Morocco, in Dubai, in Russia, Asia. Somebody in the world has an available slot in between huge major artists that after you play all the hits, what else are you gonna play? You need some music in between, I'm gonna be that artist. You're gonna play my record between a Kanye and a, and a Drake record and a Jay-Z record. And I'm gonna be there making the music and completely happy with that. I'm gonna drive the McLaren. Maybe mine's is a 2014. <laughs> Maybe my new one is a 2017 or 2018, but that's okay because it's going to be my McLaren. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be the one I want. There's not going to be tents or rims on it. I'm not going to drive it where I'm not supposed to. I'm driving it to work and back home. Like, I'm living the real deal life. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not going to get a new one every two years. You know, you'll probably see the same supercar because I collect cars when I make my digital debut in music and you're going to see maybe a newer one once I retire which I'm just going to work with artists you know that's what I'm going to do for the long term you know so all of these things Right? All of these things, little by little, add up to that formula of success. That's my formula. I got to work my ass off. But the harder I work, the luckier I get. You know? The harder I work, the luckier that I get. So, at the end of the day, all I want to do is build a foundation for my family for our future and that's it I don't care about accolades as an underground artist independently you can't really focus on you know you're gonna get a Grammy because the reality is I'm far from that you know this is gonna be something completely different 
And I say that in the sense that I'm perfectly comfortable in my own skin, you know? If I sell two million records, for me and my family, that's like selling two billion records. If I sell a single and I sell 100,000, half a million units, the world is gonna be a beautiful place. Not because of the money and the materialistic stuff, but just the accomplishment to be somebody that just had a dream a long time ago and just never gave up, never gave up. And then one day, boom, you know, a few hit records, a little bit of recognition, and all I can say is thank you and fade into the background because my true success will be based on real estate. My true success will be based on my franchises. You know, those are the kind of businesses that I like. You know, I will continue to be an influencer. I will continue to, um, to do all the things that I enjoy doing with my family. You know, things like surfing, you know, working out on the beach, you know, running, jogging, riding a bicycle, you know, doing yoga, meditation, martial arts. That, that's what I like. You know, watching movies, listening to music, performing music live. Like, that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, no matter what. And I'm happy with that. So I hope that my listeners love me in a Toyota Camry, in a Honda Accord, or Toyota Avalon, because in reality, that's who I really am. And I'm happy with that. I don't knock or belittle anybody that wears million dollars worth of jewelry. It's just not something that calls my attention. It's something actually against my religion. You know? So, it's the same thing with life in general, like, I don't want a $40 million match, and if God gives it to me, great, but honestly, me, I'd rather have my entire family in a half a million dollar house. I'll take 80 half a million dollar houses for me and my entire family over one $40 million home. And that's my choice. I don't have to do that. Matter of fact, I have relatives that wouldn't do that for me, but they're not me. And I can't judge them. And again, psychology series. I can't judge them for being like that. That's who they genuinely are. At least they're brutally honest about their fucked up ways. Because I got some fucked up family. Like, <laughs> yo, for real. I got some fucked up ass family. You understand me? But, but, I've also learned in life... Nobody owes you a motherfucking thing. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody has to be how you perceive for them to be. People don't owe you shit in life, man. Everything you get in life, God gave to you. You know what I'm saying? God gave it to you. So, you know, you may find the perfect mentor... You may not like the tone of their voice. You may not like the way they look. You may not like the way they dress. You may not like the fact that they love the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. But life goes on. It could be worse. Worse would be not having a mentor. Worse would be not having a friend that cares about you, that's willing to advise you and make you cry instead of making you laugh. But one day when you're paying it forward, when you reach the success, you will appreciate the fact that, you know what? Somebody told me like it was. You know? Somebody told me like it was. And I have no right to judge this person or look at this person crazy. I should just be thankful to the higher power that God placed somebody as an avatar, as a sage, right? In my motherfucking life. And basically, gave me the guidance that I needed to be successful. I'm very grateful for my mentors. They came at the perfect fucking time. They came at the perfect time when I needed them the most. When I was going through the wonder years of business. You know we all go through the wonder years in junior high school and high school and we're just trying to figure this shit out. This shit called life that comes with no instruction manual. 
But I'm grateful because I was facing everything. The more successful I became, the worse my marriage got, the more things happened to me. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I was in a fucking tornado. Fuck a hurricane. I was just fucking spinning and working my ass off and shit just wasn't working out because I didn't understand the spiritual element. God was like, yo, you're not in control. <laughs> it wasn't until I realized, like, yo, I'm not in control of this shit because what the fuck is going on over here? You get what I'm trying to say? God was showing me, listen, you're a grain of sand. You're a grain of sand in my fucking universe. You are a grain of fucking sand in my universe. Everything I gave you, I will take away. You know, including your peace of fucking mind. You know, so I learned. I learned the hard way, you know. Some people learn audio. Some people learn visual. Some people learn by going through shit. You know. I am too close to God to make any mistakes. I know God will fucking punish my ass and take everything away. Again, this business meeting, this business right here is a prayer answer. I don't know if it's going to work out. Only God knows that. But I'm doing my part to reach out to say, yo, you know what? I'm here. You know, I brought my son. I just wanted to bring my credentials and touch base. Let this person know I could start in two days. And, you know, I don't have anything. I'm starting from nothing. But, you know, you give me a few weeks. Whatever I do need, I'll get. Like my credentials. You know what I'm saying? And it just goes to show you, man. Like, you know, I, I suffered more than I realized at this other place where I was working. And then I was given so much hope in so many places that like I reapplied to other places some of them worked out some of them didn't you know some of it was lack of communication professionalism some it was just like God was just teaching me a lesson and I have the resilience to just bounce back you know bounce back adjust pivot and move once again you know no worries no doubts no concerns, no nothing. Just keep pushing forward, keep walking, keep powering through. You know, you never know what the fuck you're going to learn from one situation to the next. So whatever that is, you know, take it with a grain of salt and I hope that it helps you on your journey. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, tune back in for the next capítulo of the NFT VR1 podcast or the vr1 nft podcast or podcast vr1 nft or nft podcast vr whichever combination you like have a blessed day